The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour With your hosts Joe Bob Ah, you're awful And A.J. Appleton Sin Shu Chu Mouthful Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. I hope uh, hope you enjoyed the intro. We finally got it going. Uh, got all the pieces I needed to get that put together. Um, so I was I was excited to get that rolled out today and and everything. But anyway, um, my name is Joe Bond, content manager at So-Called Fantasy Experts, founder of FantasySixPack.net. My co-host AJ Applegarth. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on? How are you? Pretty good, excited. Uh, oh man, I'm I'm stoked about that that uh, that intro. I'm so glad it's it's done. We might be tweaking it yeah. here and there, but uh, otherwise, that's pretty much what we got. Um, I put it together today. Um, the internet about 15 minutes, and then got some help from a, a sound guy that that I know through another friend of mine to help like clean it up a little bit because it was pretty scratchy sounding so got it cleaned up yeah that sounds good that sounds good man i like it yeah yeah i'm excited it sounds sounds like a real intro <laughs> instead of me fiddling with decreasing the sound and trying to fade it in and out myself using these crappy tools here on a uh, blog talk radio for the audio i'm sure you got a taste of that a couple of weeks ago it's not it's not exactly the cleanest thing in the world yeah so. indeed. but anyway man uh week three is behind us so we are on the quarter week of the season here um it's been an interesting one i was looking at the nfl standings the other day and just some of the teams that are at the top and undefeated you would not have expected to be undefeated um minnesota there's five five undefeated teams minnesota um when teddy bridgewater went down i don't think anybody thought that even when they brought in bradford i don't think anybody thought that was gonna happen the eagles i don't even think you thought that was gonna happen (laughs) um of course i did what's wrong with you right okay i saw the We'll, we'll we'll let you finish and then I'll go back to that. But I I thought that game was going to be a lot closer than it was, so I'll, I'll dig into that in a second. Uh, the Broncos, the Broncos are undefeated, and I think yeah, we all know that they're you know they got good offensive pieces. Their defense is still really good, but with Trevor Simeon coming in, I kind of thought they might struggle the the first couple of games, you know, and not not be nearly as good as they were. The Patriots, without Tom Brady and without without Garoppolo in the last game, just completely have shocked everybody and gone 3-0. I mean, I think if you would ask any Patriots fan, if they had gone 2-2 two two while Brady was out, they would have been perfectly happy. I think if you would ask Bill Belichick if they had gone 2-2 two two with Tom Brady out, he would have been happy. To go 3-0 and possibly have a chance to go 4-0 this week, that's incredible. Quite possibly the most shocking team to go three and zero is the Baltimore Ravens. This team was terrible last year, terrible. 
They had Mike Wallace. They get Steve Smith back. They don't have a running game at all. Um, the defense has been better, but not great by any means. Um, they're kind of my surprise team, and I wouldn't be surprised also if they were the first team to lose. The competition they have faced so far has not been good. And, you know, they got the Bills, the Browns, and then the Jaguars. So this week they get the Raiders, which, yeah, I mean, the Raiders are, are better than they were in the years past. And then they get the Redskins. I mean, very it's two winnable games. It's very possible, actually, they go 5-0. and It's kind of crazy. Um, they have a very easy easy schedule. I guess I guess that's what happens when you go what four and twelve last year, whatever they did. But you wanted to say a little bit about the the Eagles there, so I'll let you go. Well, yeah, just the the you know piggyback on with the the Ravens. I, I agree, it's definitely a surprise to see them where mm-hmm. they are. I mean, I, I like this team coming into this year, but. You know, even I was looking at it along with a lot of the quote-unquote experts that they were going to be, you know, a 9-17, and 17, maybe an 8-18. Eight and 18. Um, So if that is still going to stand true, they're already a third of the way to those records. So, you know, the second half of the season is going to look down on them. Um, but like you said, they've got two back-to-back, you know, I don't want to call them easy games, but possible, you know, uh, more likely a win than a loss, I would think, for both teams. Uh, the Raiders do have a have a powerful offense, you know, with the receiving tandem of Cooper and, and Crabtree, um, you know, and they kind of have their own little two- to three-headed monster at running back, but they're producing a lot better than Baltimore's running game. Um so it, it is a surprise to see them coming up to where they are. Um, but, you know, I like it. I, I think it's good for this town, especially if the Orioles continue to fade here down the stretch. Yeah. You know, everybody's going to be full in on on Ravens football. So, um, But, yeah, the Eagles, man, what a game that was. That was impressive dismantling of what I thought was a better 2-0 team um, in Pittsburgh. I mean, Philly just, they just shut them down completely. Uh, I mean, Antonio Brown still had a huge game, but other than that, you know, that that team was just in disarray, it seemed like, and and they couldn't find an answer. Um, You know, that that 70-yard, 73-yard jump by Sproles was beautiful. I mean, just the the decision that, that Wentz made to kind of, you know, buy the time and then just find him and just lofted it. I mean, Sproles was covered initially, and then that guy just peeled off of him completely and left him wide open for that catch. And he was hitting with a full head of steam. You know, that that was awesome to see. And then, you know, him weaving through the, the defenders to get into the end zone after. I mean, it was a great great play. I mean, it was a bit of a broken play on Pittsburgh's fault, but, you know, for him to, to make it that far and end up making it a, a touchdown was was more, you know, a credit to him and, and his abilities, I think, personally. Um, 
but it was a yeah. it, it was a hell of a game. Yeah, like I I, I kind of tuned out the four o'clock games. Ended up going to dinner. I uh, went to a place where they had a bunch of TVs, and I think it was already the second half by the time we got there. And I looked up, and I'm like, "Oh man, they are smoking them by like 20." And it just got worse. I was I was shocked. Like I couldn't believe it. Uh, I definitely would have picked Pittsburgh in that game. So that's it's it was it was impressive to see and and see how you know Wentz is just seems like he's getting better each week, which is shocking. So yeah, well, uh, the thing I like about it the most is that you know, and, and we talked about it a little bit on uh, on the show the other week when we went in depth about the quarterbacks and uh, you know after week one and and everything and and even week two it's like okay well here's this guy he's got two not really great teams that he's playing against. Um, you know, okay, we'll we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Yes, he's played pretty well, but this is what he's done against, you know, subpar competition. Let's see what he does next week. And he clearly won the battle between him and Roethlisberger, which not not too many people can say for their first game. So, uh, it, like I said, it was impressive. I, I'd like to see it keep going. I want to see if, um, if Doug Peterson can – you know, bring some of that Andy Reid game after a bye week, you know, never losing uh, status back to the birds. So uh, I think it'll be, uh, I think it'll be a nice week off. The good, good way to end after, you know, a big win over your in-state rival, but uh, we'll, we'll see where they go. I mean, it's still early in the season. Anything can happen, but uh, I, I like where they're headed. Yeah, they look like they're right now the the team to beat. If if Wentz can Wentz can stay healthy, uh, it looks like looks like they're going to be a, a tough a tough team to beat here in in uh, in the NFC East. Moving on though, man, you know we're starting those bye weeks. There's only two teams on bye this week which we've said, we've talked before, it's so stupid that they do two and then like four and then six a couple of weeks and then back to two. And it's just like, just get them out of the way, have a bunch of 16 bye weeks or a bunch of fours, stop this. We're going to slowly mix it in or something. I don't know what they're trying to do, but just get them out of the way. It doesn't make any sense what they do, but yeah, I don't know. Anyway, but some big-time players are on by. I mean, you're talking about the Eagles there who have looked pretty good. Um, now, they don't really have any fantasy, like, superstars. I guess Jordan Matthews, sort of. Uh, but he likes to drop a lot yeah. of passes, especially in the end zone. So, yeah. um, you got him. Wentz is kind of up there, but I don't think he's startable yet. And then, but the Packers, I mean, obviously you got Rodgers and Lacey and Nelson and Cobb is still in the discussion, <laughs> even though he's struggling hard. Uh, but, you know, that's, those are some big names to miss. So we're going to go through some week three headlines here, cover some injuries, 
some quick pickups to make if you haven't already had your waivers or if these guys are still sitting out on your waiver wire. And then we'll do our, our normal sleepers, bus, best game, worst game type of thing uh, to close it out. So the first headline that I thought of was this Atlanta Falcons offense. And I'm going to start with – I'm going to go opposite of how I have it listed here. And I think the biggest surprise is the quarterback play, Matt Ryan. He is playing lights out right now. And as much as I hated Matt Ryan before, I now hate him even more. And if for those of you who don't know, both AJ and I are Virginia Tech Hokie fans, Google the 2007 Boston College comeback against Virginia Tech. It was the most heartbreaking loss I have ever been through as a Virginia Tech fan. Crushing. I don't know about you, but, man, that haunts me to this day. I Yeah, I hated that game very um, much so. Yeah. And so not only was there that, then – I finally got over it a couple of years ago, I felt like, and took Matt Ryan in a couple of leagues because he was coming off of – this was last year, I think, I decided to draft him. I thought, okay, you know, he's got Julio big time. Roddy White looks like he could come back and bounce back. He's got – he had somebody else. I was like, maybe he can – you know, he had a decent, like, end of the year in 2014, I believe, too. So I was like, whatever. I'll take a chance on him. I took my quarterback really late, and – he completely busted. He was awful last year. Now this year he's blowing up and he beats me last, you know, this past Monday and doesn't throw a single damn ball to Julio Jones. It felt like, and I had Julio and I was going against Matt Ryan and I lost (laughs) that same matchup. I was so pissed. So yeah. So Matt Ryan, despite how much I dislike him, can we trust this guy now? Like, is he for real? Like, is this, is this somebody that you want to pick up and start every week in fantasy football now? Uh, right now? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, he's shown what he can do and, you know, I feel like he's back to being comfortable with his own talent at this point. Like you said, he had a couple of down games and, you know, really down seasons almost, and he just was not fantasy relevant. I mean, he would get you 12 to maybe 18 points here and there. He was he was kind of consistently inconsistent, if that makes sense. And, you know, it, it wasn't helping you, but he wasn't necessarily killing you in some of those games. But then there was other games where he threw up absolute duds and, you know, he'd have 180 yards and and two picks, no touchdowns, you know, and and really that hurts Julio Jones owners more than, than Matt Ryan owners, I feel like, because he's a guy that's going in the first round this year and possibly last year as well you know, definitely second round last year. So, you know, I think it's it's definitely – it's two teams, again, it's kind of a bit of the, the Carson Wentz syndrome that we were talking about. 
if you look at the teams that he was playing, um, the Saints are now 0-3. Uh, the Buccaneers, who they lost to in the first game, you know, by seven points, are trailing them in the division at 1-2. and two. And and then he played at the Raiders in week two. And, you know, again, they're, uh, they're one and two. So I just don't, I don't know. I, I don't think that they're amazing, I, 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 that he's amazing. I think that he is trustworthy right now. I'm sorry, that the, the Oakland is two and one. Um, with the loss being to Matt Ryan. So I think you got to trust him because of what he's put up so far. I mean, that, that offense is scoring a lot of points. Yes. So you can't deny those, those points being scored, and a lot of it is because of him. Uh, I mean, they've had over 30 points in, well, in the last two games, 24 points the first game. You know, they have a Potentially tough matchup against the Panthers, um, but I mean that usually that would be pretty brutal to have to face every one of your division opponents in the first four weeks. You know, sandwiched with a West Coast team from the AFC. Wow, um, not not the NFC South, except for Carolina. Uh, like those defenses, as we know, is pretty bad. But yes. Well, exactly. Yeah. Usually, Usually it is. That Usually would be that would be something that you're like, okay, let's think. But you know, they have Panthers four, but then their schedule gets a little tougher. I mean, and it's even, granted, I would say it, it's starting to get tough this week, even with yeah. the Panthers. I mean, they're they're reeling a little bit at one and two, but oh, the defense the Panthers good, then though. at Denver, at Seahawks. And then at, back at home versus the Chargers, nah, that might be you know an easier matchup for them. But then, uh, you know, then they get the the Packers at the end of October, and then here again they're playing the Buccaneers. So yeah, he's definitely gonna. gonna I think he's definitely gonna have some down games here, and uh, but you know he can bounce back pretty quick once he gets past this rough stretch of games. So yeah. I mean, but, I, yeah, I, mean they, I think he's somebody that you want to look at. Um, I mean, you can't you can't deny the production. I mean, that's all there is to it. But we've seen this from him before, though. That's kind of what I'm afraid of. Is he just comes out like gangbusters and then just completely falls off? And it's but this looks different for some reason. He's got more weapons to throw to than he feels like he's ever had. You know, my he you know he doesn't have Tony Gonzalez anymore, but he just got he has better receivers and better playmakers out of the backfield. So. Something's different there, and it, you know, it's it's just working. So whatever it is, I guess keep it up, Matt Ryan. As much as I don't like you, yeah. um, moving over to that backfield though, we got two guys who completely blew up on Monday night. I mean, who didn't for the Falcons besides Julio, of course? But yeah, Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman. I mean. At this point, are, are both of these guys looking like? Yeah, you know, I, I think Freeman's a must start because he is getting still a. It feels like a majority of of the the work, 
Um, but Coleman's getting enough that it matters. And he's obviously getting the touchdowns. He got three on Monday night. You know, are these guys, is Coleman to you like a, a running back two or a flex maybe? What, do you, what are you feeling here? I mean, I think he's definitely a flex play. He He's averaging 3.4 yards a carry, which isn't great, but it's it's not horrible for, for somebody who's supposed to be a second running back. Um, you know, he's, he's only got 110 yards, but he's got 10 less attempts than, than Freeman. I mean, it, it's almost split as far as who's getting the carries there. Um, and like you said, he's the one that's getting a touchdown. He's got four rushing touchdowns to zero for Freeman, and Freeman's out yardaged him by 155 yards. Um, so I, I think that you know Freeman's touchdowns will be there. He should get them. But I mean, this is definitely in my mind a lot closer of a two-headed monster than you know, than what we've seen on some of these other teams that think is going to have it and that just doesn't and that still ends up being that one main guy. Um, I mean, like I said, the downside, it seems like Coleman's going to be the guy who they go to in the red zone. And I don't know if that's just a matter of timing as far as when they've gotten in the red zone and how much they've used Freeman on those drives and that sort of thing. But I think he's he's definitely a, a, a very obvious flex option, if not a, a running back too. Yeah, especially I mean, through these next maybe... couple bye weeks. What? I said especially through you know as these bye weeks come through, you yeah, know I would have no problem oh, yeah. plugging him in there. Yeah, I mean I. I would say he's he's flex consideration right now just because he is he is getting enough work, but it is secondary work, but it's enough work that it matters. He he's definitely flex consideration right now, but after that, you know, you're looking at you know with like you said all the bye weeks. That's a perfect thing. That's what I was going to say is is all the bye weeks coming up, and you know he's going to be possibly running back to a lot of those weeks because you're losing in some weeks six teams worth of starters. So that's a lot. Um, to stay in that game, though, a guy that you know we've we've kind of talked about and and we liked initially this preseason, but he kinda, he started off super slow, and people are dropping him in leagues. Is is Colby Fleener? He blew up in this game, and I'm not really sure what to make of it. I don't know if it was just that he played a terrible defense or if it was the fact that Willie Sneed was out or if it he finally clicked with Drew Brees and if he did that's going to be fantastic news for those who hung on to him and for those who have picked him up this this week off waivers um, I kind of think it's yeah. a little more of because Willie Sneed was out, he was kind of the second passing option or maybe third behind Michael Thomas and, and Brandon Cooks. But what I definitely I definitely think that, that there's you know, that Sneed being out played into it. But at the same time we really haven't seen a lot out of Thomas yet before this game either. Um 
Now, I mean, just looking at the team targets, Fleener is second on the team with 23 targets right now behind mm-hmm. Cook at 26. You know, he's he's 80 yards behind him, but before this past week, that was a, a heck of a lot more. Um, Sneed still leading with only 14 receptions to 17 targets. He's got 226 yards. So, I mean, but 75 of that is, is his yards after a catch. Um, and Cooks has the 98-yard ridiculous reception. So, right. Um, you know, you take that away, and Snead's really the best receiver on this team. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, it, it's again, it's all a matter of plays and, and how they they come together. Um, but I, I think Snead being out definitely, you know, more of a, a necessary thing to get the ball to Fleener. Um, but, yeah, I'm hoping that this does jumpstart him a little bit because, I mean, we've obviously seen what Jimmy Graham did there with with Drew Brees, and that was a ridiculous uh, a ridiculous pairing. Okay, Jimmy Graham leaves for, for Seattle, and then in comes Ben Watson. And he does awesome. Um, so then he's gone, and now you got Kobe Fleener coming in, who been okay in Indy, but he never really became, I think, what everybody pumped him up to be. So, I don't know, maybe this is... Not yet, at least. Yeah, well, not yeah. yet, at least. We'll see. I, I kind of think the, the jury's still out on him. I'm not ready just to dive right back in. I was all about him this off season, but he's he's really yeah. Uh, I've really kind of slowed down on him. But a guy that I really started liking toward the end of the draft season, and it has come true. I drafted him in. I think I got him in every single league I'm in, except for one, and I'm loving it. Marvin Jones. Detroit Lions, man, this dude is lighting it up. And I am so happy I have him owned almost everywhere. He is the number one fantasy receiver in standard leagues after three weeks. 205 yards last week against the Green Bay Packers. I mean, I don't know what else to say about this guy. He's clearly taken over Golden Tate. In, in that offense as the number one receiver. Um, there, there was rumblings that had actually happened in camp and throughout preseason and things like that. I still think I had Tate ranked higher than him, but it was close, um, especially in PPR leagues. But Tate has looked bad, man, like just bad compared to Marvin Jones. I mean, do you, do you own this guy anywhere? I mean, are you lucky enough to have him? I do not know, and I wish I did. Um, yeah. Because I, I was pretty high on Tate this year, and right. I have him in, in at least one league, possibly two, and he, he's just been such a disappointment right now. I mean, he he's not even really starting for me um, unless, you know, we run into some buy stuff or any, something like that. But – 
I mean, you know, I almost don't know what to even do with him. I'll probably, I might start him this week just because of the matchup is pretty nice against Chicago. But here again, Jones could rip off another 200 yards. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm loving it. And uh, the the last thing I want to talk about here, and you know, I kind of had a weird pun thing here that I was doing, like. It's a QB, it's a running back, it's a receiver. Nope, it's just Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor, man, he did everything. This should have some like Superman music behind it. That would have been so much cooler. I didn't think about it. Um, but <laughs> that was bad. I need to go back and like delete that whole thing. But anyway, Terrell Pryor, man, I don't, did you watch any of that Cleveland game? It was awesome. He was killing uh, it. I did not um, know. And I am not like I drafted Terrell Pryor at the end of our fantasy six pack league just because I knew somebody else. It was our last pick. I didn't care just because I knew Richard yeah. liked him. And you know he called in and was like, "What can I trade?" And he didn't actually trade for him. Now I bet he <laughs> wishes he did because Dorsett's done a whole lot of nothing. Terrell Pryor is awesome. I've dropped yeah. Terrell Pryor already. I dropped him after the first week because it's Cleveland. Like who cares? Um, I didn't yeah. want anybody from the Cleveland offense, but this guy, I'm. I might want to hang on to I might, you know, if you have him, you might want to hang on to him. Or if he's out there, you might want to go get him. Because if he's going to just be everything in the offense like this, then you you can't go wrong, you know, picking up a guy like this and just starting him in your flex and just hoping he just gets, you know, five, six receptions, five, six touches out of the backfield, passes a few times. You know, who knows? Maybe he'll throw for a touchdown, run for a touchdown, and catch another. I mean, that'd be, I'm, that would have to be the first time that would ever happen, right? I have no idea if it's ever happened before, but that'd be pretty cool. Um, I, I feel like it's probably – it might be, but, I, I mean, I know there's been trick plays where a quarterback will go out and get a reception, um, you know, and then – if that happens, then obviously they're throwing the majority of the passes and then they're maybe getting running yards. But other than that, I don't I, – I've never seen anything as much as this. And uh, the one guy added him in my one league last week, um, I, I put in a claim for him last night in the fantasy six-pack league, and I was sitting on number four, and I didn't get him. So I was kind of pissed. Yeah, I believe the guy uh, who got him had the number one. So just yeah. just to go out there, but I mean that's okay. I'm undefeated in that in that league, so I'm okay with it. But uh, and I am my team sucks. You're you're defeated, aren't you? <laughs> I, defeated. Absolutely. Um, awesome. I've had some some pretty rough luck so far. I feel like I have a good number of points scored, but I just haven't actually won any games. But anyway, yeah. But no, I, mean, I, I went out. I went out in my my other league. He was sitting out there, and I really wanted to put a claim in, but we had the first pick, the waiver, first waiver claim, and we're three and zero in that league too. It's it's my uh, my work league, so it's like me and and a couple of my coworkers are co-managing. Um, the the league or the team for the league, but it's only ten team. It is two quarterback, 
two two running back, two receiver, one flex. So there's a ton of depth out there still. Um, and I feel like nobody's going to end up trading anybody, but we ended up drafting kind of late and then uh, somehow managed to get knocked up to the first waiver after like the first, maybe second week. So we're just holding on to that for now. Once these buys start, um, sure. hoping maybe somebody drops a quarterback or somebody that, you know, maybe underperforming or whatever. But anyway, yeah. So we ended up picking up prior in that, in that league. And we actually dropped four set for him because four sets on Jack. We've got yeah, Forte true. and David Johnson. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're okay with, with the running game that we have. But, I mean, it's it'll be interesting to see how it, you know, keeps going, if it's going to be something that that maintains once Josh Gordon gets back on the field. Um, but I, I like Pryor right now. I mean, and, and if you can get stats in pretty much every offensive category, yeah, why not? He's a guy that you want to own. So... Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be one bit surprised if he just completely falls off the map. You know, it, you see these yeah. like, I think nobody really planned for this. You know, plan game plan for him to do that last week. So I think that had a lot to do with it. I also think it had a lot to do with the fact that they were playing the Dolphins. The Dolphins are very good. Um, so, you know. Take that for you will. I kind of I, I do like him, but I'm I'm setting my expectations a little lower than maybe some people. Uh, just it was one game and he was really good. That's where I'll leave it. Moving on here, we have a ton of injuries once again. Not nearly as many as last week, but we have a lot. And start with what felt like a really big surprise injury. All of a sudden, you know, the fantasy six-pack team on on our discussion board that we have between everybody, someone just goes, Shane Vereen's out for the year. I was like, wait, what? I didn't even know he got hurt during the game. Um, torn tricep. I guess – you wrote something down here that they're saying he could be back by late December, maybe the playoffs. But I mean, at that point, he's yeah, out. he's out for the year as far as fantasy football. It sounds. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, fantasy, he's going to be irrelevant. But it sounds like they're putting him on the, you know, injured reserve, possible return list or whatever it is that they call it. I don't it. think that exists anymore. I think it's just injured reserve, and you can like kind of come off of it after eight you or so just weeks. Pull guys. Okay. I think Maybe you can, I think, I is, think like after, I think once you're on it, it's kind of, you're on it for like eight weeks or something. And then you might be able to return. I don't think it's season ending anymore unless obviously yeah. the injury is season ending, but I don't think it's once well, you're yeah. on that, you're done. Like you're not even allowed to come back. Um, I, I saw somebody complaining about that on Twitter and honestly, I, I never looked it up. I mean, I, I don't know why it would. So, you know, we'll, but just to throw it out there, keep that in mind. When you see somebody go on IR, it doesn't necessarily mean they're done. It just means they could be done for maybe eight weeks. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, but no, I mean, it's, it's kind of a blow because he was 
you know, the waiver wire darling last week. And, um, you know, now he, he's completely out. And we'll see if um, uh, Rashad Jennings ends up making it back this week. There's still rumblings he might be able to play. Um, so that would be, you know, a bit of a boost to the Giants who can focus on having him back at least. Yeah, and then a couple Seattle Seahawks here. First, we got Russell Wilson. Not the same injury it was last week, but now it's an MCL sprain in his knee. He practiced today, which seems totally crazy, but and they're saying he's going to play, but I don't know, man. I want nothing to do with Russell Wilson at this point. If if I had him, I'd be looking to trade him in a heartbeat to some sucker in my league. There's no way I want any part of him. Yeah, I don't I don't know if the the injuries and you know, the hard play is just catching up to him now and and that's what we're looking at here, but it's definitely you know, it's sad to see it because he's he's been a great quarterback, especially for fantasy, um, because he, to me, is one of the most mobile quarterbacks. Um, and, and he'll get up and he'll just run and take, take off and get mm-hmm. points and get first downs. And, you know, he's a tough, gritty player. Uh, he's a smart player. But he's just... You know, I think this is definitely contributing to Seattle's slow start this year. So I just think they need to they need to be careful with him and and not just kind of force him into to playing because well the team needs you. We're we're already down and you know we're we're almost out, but you know we we need some help, so we're going to put it on you. I just hope for his sake that they don't do that. Yeah, me too. I mean, you you can see, you know, you see it all the time when, when guys push through injuries, they get, you know, they, they injure themselves more. And, and we'll actually talk about somebody in just a couple minutes here that did do that, it seems like. So that's a, you know, the, you don't want to see guys, you know, You'd rather see him sit for a couple of weeks than come back and get lost for the season or even possibly longer. So, um, no, but I, I agree. But still, I, I still want nothing to do with him at this point. Uh, the other Seahawk that I wanted to mention is Thomas Rawls. You know, he didn't play last week. We saw Christy Michael go out there and completely destroy it, which was awesome for me in DFS. Um, and Scott Fishbowl. So, Thomas Rawls looks like he might be out even longer now. He's got a fibula injury, and there's really no official timetable. It just says miss a few weeks. Whatever that means, it just means that Christine Michael could possibly take over this backfield, to be honest. Um, yeah. You know, Rawls was awesome last year, but, you know, you start missing time. This is this is how you lose your job in the NFL pretty easy. Yeah, I think um... – <laughs> You know, he was that question mark coming into the season that everybody really liked, but then everybody was scared of because they weren't sure, you know, if it was just a boom or bust from last year, if he could really handle the full workload. Um, 
So it's definitely going to be interesting to see if Michael can take advantage of this and and uh, just keep rolling with it. Yeah, and then another running back that is going to clearly miss, they're saying four to six weeks, got an ankle injury, Jeremy Langford of the Bears. This one hurts me in a couple of different places. Waited on my second running back and snagged Langford there. And I thought I had a I thought I had a guy that I could rely on to be kind of the workhorse in most in you know, for that team. And Langford was doing decent, but he's not gonna be out. Um we'll talk about who to pick up in his place if you if you have him later, but that's that's a that's a pretty big blow to an already pretty depleted Chicago Bears team. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jordan Howard definitely the guy to be to be targeting, and um, he was pretty much picked up in all of you know all of my leagues this week uh, as a, a waiver pickup. So, I mean, he he's looks like he's ready to take the reins. I mean, they were talking about Langford's poor play before this injury, anyway. So. Is it a case of, you know, what came first, the, the injury or the poor play? Um, so, you know, it looks like they're they're going to sit him down, though. The injury is here now. So, uh, see what happens after a few weeks and, and really see how Jordan Howard does and, and how the team in general does uh, offensively. I mean, they're, they're just kind of in disarray with Cutler. Nancy and this thumb injury that he's got going on. So, you know, we'll, we'll see where, where that leads. Yeah. I mean, Langford was injured in the preseason, right? Like he started camp late and things like that. So I would kind of, I don't wonder if that does lingered with him. I don't remember what the injury was, but I, I do remember it was kind of questionable whether or not he was actually going to even start the year. For some reason, or maybe I'm getting him mixed up with somebody, but that sounds that sounds really familiar for some reason. Anyway, probably the biggest name of the week, besides maybe Russell Wilson, to to hit the injury report is Des Bryant. Um, he's got a hairline fracture to his tibia, and they're saying he might be able to go this week, but that he could miss time after. Now, I, that makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, <laughs> how are you going to force somebody to play this week and then maybe he'll miss like the next four after that? It, like logically doesn't sound right. Um, yeah. You know, say that he could possibly miss this week and then longer, but I, I swear I read somewhere today that it, that they were talking about him playing this week and then missing time afterwards. Um, but it, that just, Terrible news for Dak Prescott and and company. So uh, yeah, but I mean, at the same time, I it, it will be you know a, a blow to them. Obviously, I mean, he's far and away the best receiver on that team. But that being said, uh, Cole Beasley, I believe, leads the team in all receiving stats right now. Um, he does, but can you target gonna step up and be a number one? No, We've seen this I, before I don't where think, guys like this do not thrive in that role. Yeah, I, I don't think he's gonna be a number one by any means. But 
I think he is he's a, a, a rosterable guy if Bryant misses, you know, extended amount of time because he's gonna be getting looks. I mean he's already getting looks. So right. you know, the the production will will come with that, I think. And you know, looking at, at Dallas and, you know, what they've done so far, they, they lost a one point game in week one to the Giants. And then, you know, they've played, again, two kind of subpar teams with the Bears and the Redskins. Um, But they've been putting up points. So, you know, this week they travel out west. They have the 49ers, a winnable matchup. Um, And a week after that, they're they're back home against the Bengals, and they're going back out against the Packers. And then they're at home against the Eagles. So, I mean, those are three pretty tough games, I would think, um, and that could really define, you know, what they're going to do as a team, you know, the way they make it through these next, uh, you know, four or five weeks. So if Bryant's not going to be there to help, that's definitely going to hurt him. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. So big, big blow there for him. So, the guy that I wanted to bring up earlier that had an injury, came back maybe a little too early, and now is going to suffer for it is J.J. Watts. And, you know, usually we don't bring up defense injuries, but J.J. Watts, that difference maker for that, for that defense, that when he's out, the Texans' defense can actually be a team that you can exploit off, you know, on the other side of the ball. And... Honestly, I have the Houston's defense on a couple leagues. I'm really tempted to drop them if I find some good matchups. I'm just going to stream for a little while and just figure it out because without J.J. Watt, they're just a completely different defense. I might give them a chance this week to see what happens, um, but I'm not, I'm not holding my breath that it's going to be good. Yeah, I. Uh, it's a shame because I really like Watt, you know, I like what he is for that team. He is the heart and soul of that defense. Um, I mean, he's vowing that he'll be back. So, you know, this is this is a tough pill for him to swallow, too. Um, but I, I think that uh, – I think he will be back. And, and I – you know, I, it's just a tough thing when you see star players who get – kind of mishandled, and I and I don't know if he was definitely mishandled in this situation, but he was obviously dealing with this injury already. And, you know, um, I was listening to, to something earlier on TV on ESPN. I think it was uh, uh, Marcellus Wiley, I think his name is, that does mm-hmm. the announcing yeah. with uh, Sports Nation. Yep. He was talking about having this same injury, and it took him, you know, that extra week to get out, you know, or to be out, and then he came back and he didn't have the injury yet. But, you know, everybody's different, obviously. So it's tough to just say, oh, well, if J.J. Watt sat out, you know, week one or whatever, he would have been fine. You know, can't really say that, but it just it just makes you think about whether or not it was mishandled or not. Yeah, and then another couple of quick ones here. D'Angelo Hall, torn ACL. 
He's on the IR. He's going to be out for the season. Yeah. You know, maybe not a huge blow, but you know, he, he, he was pretty good back there now that he's moved back to safety as much as our, uh, our good buddy Jason hates him. And um, Manti Teo torn Achilles out for the season. That's, it's a pretty big blow there for the Chargers. So we will, uh, you know, the Chargers defense is already isn't very good, so they're losing Teo as well. That's that's, that's not good news for them. So San Diego is going to be even more of a defense that you can you can pick on. So real quick on some pickups here. So obviously, you know, we've talked about Terrell Pryor. Um, you know, we'll kind of not not beat a dead horse there Jordan Howard you mentioned earlier I like Jordan Howard I liked him earlier in the year uh I'm I'm kicking myself because I drafted him in a rookie draft in like the third round like he just dropped like a rock and I picked him up and then he fell to like fourth on the depth chart in in Chicago and I couldn't keep everybody I drafted because I had too many roster spots. I had to cut my roster down and I cut him and now he's going to be the starting running back for the Chicago bears. And I'm mad at myself for not picking him up. I, you know, I liked him to begin with and I just didn't trust myself. So that, that really kills me to see that happen. Um, but absolutely go get him. If you have Langford or if you're just struggling at running back, a lot of people are, you know, even if he's only going to be the guy for three, four weeks, Go get him. You know, win's a win. You you need him. Another one that's interesting, and, and we brought him up last week when we were talking about Shane Vereen taking over as as the guy there in New York is Orleans Darqua. Um, now that Vereen's out, well, first off, Darqua got quite a bit of work. I don't know if you noticed that. And but he he uh, you know he, he looked he looked pretty good doing it. Trying to look up his numbers here, uh, real quick. But you know, now that Vereen is out, you know Darkwa, who had ten carries for fifty-three yards and a touchdown last week against the Redskins. Uh, now that now that Jennings is going to be out, you're looking at this guy taking over, absolutely taking over even more of of that backfield role. And guys to look out for, in my opinion, the guy to look out for is Paul Perkins. I think I think he's going to be the one that would take over that Vereen role. Not nearly as good or as much as Vereen did, but even if Jennings comes back, I think Paul Perkins is going to be in the mix there. Darkwood's going to be in the mix too. But, uh, you know, I just that, – that New York backfield has now become completely muddled again as – as it was last year. So have fun, but these are the guys that, that I think are going to get the majority of the work here. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I'm pretty much on board with that. I do like dark Um I think that, you know, he's still potentially viable for at least the near future. Um, but they could, easily, um, you know, go in, like, and, and make that happen uh, to to give that ball over to Pierce. But, again, it's, it's going to depend on what Jennings does and his health. I mean, this could be something where he is in this week and then he's going to be out next week. And then he might be in a little bit the following week. I, I think they might just 
kind of look on his snap count and, and his injury and see what he can do. Um, Smallwood's kind of interesting um, with him, you know, coming in. And I, as much as I talked about that Sproles play and how awesome it was, I do think Sproles is still kind of a, a gimmicky player. He's not necessarily an every-down guy. So, you know, depending on what goes on with Matthews, you know, it'll be interesting to watch. I, I still think it would be, you know, he's going to kind of stay in the role that he's in. And then um, it might be between Smallwood and, and Matthews. Yeah, I mean, I, in my opinion, I think the, the majority of the work for, like, carries-wise is going to go to Smallwood and then um, – why am I blanking on his name? The other uh, – Matthew. Oh. Uh, no, Matt, Matthews uh, is hurt, right? I don't know. We, yeah, we no. Um, hey, we didn't list him down for some reason, but he he is also injured, well, isn't he? Yeah, we talked about him. We talked about him last week. I saw it. But you're thinking of um, not Barner. Kerry, Kenyon, uh, Kenyon Barner. Kenyon Barner. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, my opinion is, it's it's Smallwood Barner to split the carries, and then you know exactly passing downs, kind of change your pace back type of thing. You're gonna get Sproles in there to do exactly what he just did. Bust off seventy three yard runs. You know, like. That's what he's good for. You know, he gets out there and he does a little scat back. He's just kind of small. He hides. He just does He he does that. But you can't rely on yeah. it fantasy-wise. You know, I actually played against him in a fa- in a friends and family <laughs> league this last week. Like, I looked at it. I was like, this guy's really starting Sproles. And then he does that to me. And I'm like, wow, okay. Um, <laughs> completely lucky. I mean, I still won, but just – that type of thing. It's if you're gonna roll out guys like that and get lucky, then okay, you're gonna lose nine times out of ten. But sure, you know it's fantasy football. Weird things have happened, but um, yeah, Matthews yeah. is uh, his ankle stiffened up on him during the game against the Steelers, so that's why he had a real sim, you know, real light workload. Um, you know, it's kind of something that he he was dealing with, uh, you know, in that same ankle before the preseason. So we'll see, you know. Um, I think the bye week will definitely help him, so it, it might not even be a situation. But, yeah, it um, sounds like it's going to be just something to, to watch and, and see who's going to get the main the main workload. Well, and then the more interesting thing about it is that Doug Peterson, the coach for the Eagles, has said when Matthews comes back, they're going to continue to use a rotation of backs. So Matthews yeah. was a big target for people in drafts, you know, in that second, third, fourth tier of running backs, you know, that, you know, or sorry, the the fourth, fifth, sixth round is where you were getting him in a lot of leagues. And it was because it was he was thought to have been kind of the workhorse back for that team. And he kind of was up until this injury. And now that everybody else has performed well, Doug Peterson has just said, well, we're just going to use everybody. And <laughs> it's just, 
add one more check mark to the to the chalkboard here. Chalkboard here. You know, we've got one more running back by committee. It's just becoming harder and harder and harder to roster guys at the running back position. You know, who can get you consistent work? It's just it's crazy. I've never like I I don't know could, like I don't know if it's actually going to get worse at this than this you know in the future, but it's it's weird. I, I we. Us in the fantasy world, we've got to come up with something else to be able to counter this running back by committee crap because it's making rostering the position next to impossible. But that is a and that's a, that's another topic for another show that we could probably talk for two different shows on. It's just too much. But anyway, man, let's yeah. um let's wrap up here and look toward week four. Go through our best worst games sleepers and busts here and um i'll start off here real quick and say that my best game is going to be the saints at chargers i'm a little worried with drew Brees on the road he kind of struggles a little on the road but i think you know and it's going to the west coast but i mean the chargers defense has already been bad enough as we spoke they've lost teo and the Saints are a high-powered offense. The Chargers are still looking good, even though they've lost Keenan Allen and and Woodhead. So I like this game to be very high-scoring on both sides. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a solid game. I think, you know, the Saints need a win here. Um, it's going to be tough to travel on the road and try to get one, but I think that's that's got to be what they're going to do. Um, my game here, I'm actually going with one I, I kind of talked about a little bit early here, is, is going to be Oakland at Baltimore. Um, hmm. I think I, I think it's just going to be, you know, Baltimore's defense hasn't really been great the past couple weeks, and they probably should have lost maybe one of those games, possibly both of them. Um, I mean, they really stepped it up after, uh, you know, after Cleveland, you know, put that huge lead on him. But I I think Joe Flacco is is looking for Steve Smith more. He's looking for Dennis Pitta more. You know, Mike Wallace was the big surprise early. But, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, he's kind of fallen off target-wise. He's going to be more of a deep threat. But I, I like that game. Yeah, and and actually, man, uh, we have a caller here, so let me uh, let me chime in, whoever this is, and let's, let's see if they got a question for us. Hey, hey welcome Jim, to uh, Facebook. Yeah, how you doing? It's Jersey in the house here. I'm two and one. I put the second most points up in the league. Twelve person standard league. Here's my question, idiot me. You know, I thought it would be a good deal, but I should have learned. Should have not taken Macklin in standard league. I gave up Christine Michaels because I thought. He'd be in a timeshare, but looks like he's going to be playing more. But I have David Johnson, I have Coleman, and I have Hill, Jeremy Hill, and I got D'Angelo Williams. D'Angelo Williams carried me the first two games. My question is, I got a guy. The only problem is, is I got two guys on the same bye, week nine, Hill and Johnson. Not much running backs out there. The guy wants Coleman. I said, dude, are you crazy? I'm not going to give you David Johnson. I'm going to be retarded. So, uh, but my, my question is, he's got Julio. 
I don't like Julio. I like either Cooks. I like um, Marvin Jones, who had a big game. For Coleman, any of them worth it or what? Because, like I said, right now, uh, I think Coleman's going to be a much more key player than Freeman. I mean, yeah, I think he, he could be an RB1 this year, uh, especially if Freeman goes down. In my opinion, I'm taking all three of those receivers for Coleman. I know you like Coleman. I know he just had a huge game, but you can't rely on three three touchdowns each week. He's still only getting, you know, 12, 15 carries, you know, touches a week. So, uh, look, I I know Julio has disappointed, you know, especially last week, um, but it's still Julio Jones. He's still going to receive a massive amount of targets. Um, I'm taking Julio all day there if I can get him for Coleman. I'd be shocked if you could get any of those trades to work out for you for just Coleman. Um, but he's if you can swing those. He, he, he's 0-3. He's and the problem is it's not my family, but there's about eight of them that are family members, brothers, uncles, relatives. Oh, they do they pull some crazy crap. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's saying I, I kind of might stick to my gun here because I need – see, the problem is I lost Keenan Allen. And Macklin doesn't do anything. Fuller hasn't done anything. Alan Hearns doesn't do anything. So it's a standard league. My PPR are like, man, I'm blowing everybody out. I'm 3-0. I'm averaging 120 <laughs> points. So that's what I'm saying. Last yeah. question. In the standard league, I do have Pitta, and I do have Kobe Fleener. Um, Berate is available, and so is, uh, which could be Bradford's uh, escape guy, uh, Kyle Rudolph. Rudolph. Any of them you like better than the two that I have now? Because, like I said, I, I won, but I sat, again, standard league. I sat Fleener, he goes off. Put it in right. Enough. <laughs> yeah. We, you what do you like in that? Yeah. AJ, I'll let, you, I'll let you handle that. <clears throat> yeah, I like, uh, I mean, I like all of those guys. Brace, obviously, the guy to go to right now with, uh, you know, Safarian Jenkins no longer being there. Um, I don't like him this week against Denver. I mean, Denver's a little more forgiving to tight ends than they are receivers, but I think that's going to be a tough game uh, for Tampa as it is. Um, But I would keep an eye on Brait. I don't know if I like him better than Pitta or Fleener. Um, Rudolph, I I do like. Um, I potentially... I'd potentially go after him and and maybe drop Pitta, or if you could potentially trade Pitta and, and right. then be able to go out and snag Rudolph, you know, and then get some depth somewhere else. I like that. But um, okay. I, I like all three of those guys. Well, I like all four of those guys, really. And tight end is it's really deep this year um, yeah. with I, guys I, I, that I, have been coming up. In my PPR league that I'm three and zero, and I got I got Reed and he ain't doing squat. Crowder's stealing all his touchdowns this year, and I have Bortles and I have what's his name. I got Cousins in that league. My my other one, I'm two and one. Uh, standard league, I have Rodgers as my quarterback. But like you said, it's you don't if you do, you don't if you don't. And I and I picked up Pitta in that PPR league. Figure you know, I needed a week somebody for week nine. You know when because um, you don't always have to have two defenses, two tight ends on your roster, you can, you know what I mean? So, uh, I I have Minnesota's defense. (laughs) Idiot me. I would have had the weekly high again this week. Um, I sat them. I would have got 36 points. I went with Cincinnati because who would have thought Scam Newton would have choked? Well, I did. I figured he would choke anyhow against them. But I played, (laughs) 
I, you know, I thought Minnesota's defense may be a little bit suspect on the road, but I guess they're for real. I guess they're for real. So that's that, you know, you, 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 you never know. So yeah. um, I really appreciate help here. And like I said, just trying to tweak some things on it. Hey, do you like me what I did in that league? I did drop Cincinnati's defense and I picked up Kansas city. The only reason why I picked up Kansas city on week six, Cincinnati flew to Bradyville. I don't trust that going to Bradyville. So wow. uh, Kansas city, I, I trust going to Oakland at Oakland. It's a, it's a division game than Bradyville. So uh, was that a good, a good drop ad that I did? I mean, it, it's a, it's okay. Look, I'll, I'll I'll say this last piece of advice to you, and then and yeah. then we're gonna have to to move on here and finish no, up the show. It. I, I um, yeah, no the the last piece of advice here I gotta give you is is don't look too far ahead. You know, you're, you're talking about doing this trade, and I like this trade regardless. But you're you're right. saying the reason why you want to do it is because you have too many running backs on buy in week nine. We're at week four. A lot no, is gonna happen I, between I, now and week not, nine. Yeah, you know, I'm doing it because I want a receiver that I can count on because I lost Keenan Allen. My yeah. receivers aren't doing it. D'Angelo Williams and, and Johnson were carrying me for three weeks. Now I don't have D'Angelo. I have him on my team, but I dropped him last year, and guess what happened? Bell went down right. that same week. And then the following week, I lost Foster. Then the following week, I lost Deion Lewis. Never right. could recuperate. So that's yep. what I'm yeah, saying. It, it happens. Have but... Yeah, so, I mean, I, I just... just... Yeah, I would I would just slow down a little bit, you know, playing it too far in advance because sometimes you know you'll you'll leave guys on the waiver wire because you're playing too far in advance and something's going to happen, and right. you know you would have rather had that guy instead of who you picked up. You know, maybe the guy you pick up is gets hurt in between now and right. when you're planning on using it, type of thing. So I would just right. slow down a little bit, but you know I think okay. you've got the right idea overall. I I won six championships in eight years, so I don't do too bad. You know what I mean? But it's like, <laughs> that's, that's pretty damn good. I mean, I'm, re- I'm, pretty, I'm pretty good at what I do because I do talk on the radio. But it's nice to have other people's opinions and what they think. To see if Absolutely. I appreciate your time. Best of luck to you guys in the leagues you're playing in. And, and thanks for taking my call. Have a nice evening. Absolutely, Very much. Man. Yep, no problem, man. Yep. Have a good. Thanks for calling in. Yep. Take care. Thank you. Yep, bye-bye. All right. See you. Bye-bye. All right. Well, that was our first uh, real ever caller that didn't – Tell me he was calling in beforehand. It's kind of cool. Um, so I don't know where we were. All right. We're talking about Baltimore, I think. So I uh, think we're yeah, definitely talking about it. Oakland, Baltimore. Um, but yeah, I mean, I pretty much said what I need to on that one. So yeah. So worst game for me here is going to be the Rams and the Cardinals. The Rams defense still looks, you know, week one was kind of rough for them against San Fran, but um, since then they've looked pretty good. And the, the Cardinals got, got shut down this past week, which was pretty surprising. So, um, you know, I don't think the Cardinals are going to look that bad again. But, again, the Rams' offense isn't very good. The Cardinals' defense is. It's going to be low scoring on their end. I kind of think it could be a little lower scoring than people expect from the Cardinals' side of things. Um, so that's where I'll leave it. Yeah, my um... – my worst game is I'm going to go ahead and, and just say it. I, I don't think it's going to be a horrible game, but from a fantasy standpoint, it, it's just going to be kind of subpar and average. I'm going with Indian, uh, Indiana, uh, Indianapolis versus Jacksonville in London. So we've talked about these London games before. 
this is obviously the first one of, of this year. Uh, we're probably going to have, I don't know, three or four more of them. Um, and it, it's a nice division game. Um, you know, both of these teams, I, I think, have very solid fantasy players on them, both at quarterback, uh, wide receiver with Robinson and, and Hilton. Um you know, the running backs are kind of just what you get. But, I mean, I, I just think it'll be kind of a, a ho-hum game. Uh, I mean, I hope for London's sake that it's at least a competitive game and might be something like, you know, 20 to 17 or 20 to 14, something like that. But just from a fantasy standpoint, I'm not whatever. I'm not that excited about it. I'm not excited about any of the London games or any of the Thursday games. The NFL needs to get their head out of their ass and stop putting these games in these time slots. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) Sleepers, quarterbacks. I'm going to run through my quarterback, my running back, and my receiver here. So my quarterback is going to be Trevor Simeon. I initially had Dak Prescott, but then because of the Des Bryant news, I'm – going to pull him back in my rankings a little bit. I have not updated my rankings yet with him. Right now I've got him ranked 13th, but I'm going to knock him down a couple a couple notches due to the Des Bryant news. Um, but he, he's going to be my quarterback, Trevor Simeon. You know, he's, he's looked better each week. He faces you know a Tampa Bay defense that is not good. So it can definitely exploit and put up some big points there. Theo Riddick is my running back. You know, he kind of disappointed last week, at, you know, getting the, the bulk of the workload here um, or or more of the workload. But you know, his, his matchup is, is pretty good too. Um, who are they playing? They're playing Chicago. Yeah, definitely. Um, Chicago's defense, you know, can, can definitely be run on here. So I, I like, I like Theo Riddick to, to put up some points in that game. And uh, my, my receiver is going to be Philip Dorsett as a sleeper. Uh, his last week, I don't think he did much of anything. And, <clears throat> but, you know, Colts do get the Jags. I know it's the London game, but like the game's not going to go zero to zero. So somebody's got to score. Somebody's got to catch some passes. I like Dorsett to, to, take advantage of the, the weak Jacksonville defense. All right. Yeah, not not bad picks. I I don't know if you saw my little uh, message I to did. you when you typed me in there. Cause I did. I was definitely, uh, definitely looking at him. Um, but, yeah, so aside from him, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Brian Hoyer. You know, Detroit has been not great. Uh, again, supposing quarterbacks so far this year, um, even though they've been good themselves, uh, I, I think they their defense has definitely given up some points to, to quarterbacks. Uh, the league um, worst, by the way. Yes, exactly. That's what I was getting at. So, um, I, I just think that he can easily come in here and have um, have a good game and and not. No problem with it. Uh, my running back sleeper is Gio Bernard. Um, Bernard came up, you know, pretty pretty big last week, and 
I don't, I don't know if I'd say he necessarily surprised people um, because we saw a lot of this last year with, um, you know, with him and Jeremy Hill and him kind of getting a lot of the, a lot of the work and, and being that surprise guy that was just there snaking, uh, you know, snaking plays away from Hill. Um, here we see it again where, no, actually he didn't have a big week last week. That was two weeks ago. So, well, whatever. I think he's going to be, you know, he's going to pick it back up and, and, you know, get involved in the receiving game against Miami. Um, and then my sleeper receiver here, we already talked about him, Mr. Terrell Pryor, uh, again, just because it's, you know, it's a guy who's going to get you points as a quarterback, as a receiver, and as a running back potentially. So, you know, there's nothing not to like there. And, and a lot of people are, are really looking at Washington's defense as the, the sleeper pickup for this week because they're going up against Cleveland. But don't sleep on Cleveland this week, man. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they came in and, and won this game. Um, I hate uh, you. I like prior. Can I hang up on you? <laughs> he can, but I mean, I can keep talking. So I know you could. <laughs> you might be talking to nobody here in a minute. Possibly. <laughs> anyway, um, enough of your ch- Cleveland, your Cleveland Brown talk. Moving on to my bus. Um, <laughs> I got a. Excuse me. What? Oh, that was for the Eagles, not not for Cleveland. Uh, okay. Um. <laughs> Got a couple of go. I have a theme here of names to start with M uh, on my bus. I got Matt Ryan as my quarterback. I know we just talked him up big time, but he does get Carolina. And yeah, Carolina's defense hasn't been Carolina's defense from last year, but they're still good. And um, I'm just afraid we're going to see a big down game for him, and people are finally buying in. This just seems like the perfect spot for Matt Ryan to go, oh, I suck again, and just ruin everybody's day. So, um, the the running back I don't like is Matt Forte. He's getting a huge workload early on. I'm just kind of afraid that he's going to break down, and and you know that he also gets Seattle who. It's it's still a very stout defense. It doesn't matter. They're they're not. You cannot easily just run over them. So, I think Forte could have a, a, a bad day. I initially had Des Bryant here as my bus, and then I reminded got reminded about the the injury to him. So, I will take him off my bus list and put Mike Evans on here instead. So there's my third M, and you know. Tampa Bay, they're, they're good, but not a lot of teams are having success against Denver's defense right now. And um, I, I don't think Tampa will either. So it's going to really hurt Mike Evans this week. And so those are my three busts. All right. Well, my three here, I'm looking at uh, Mr. Eli Manning, Monday night quarterback on, uh, you know, going up against, a tough and undefeated Minnesota defense. 
uh, you know, in prime time. I think it's going to be a big game. Um, I, I feel like he needs to play well for them to uh, to win. Obviously, that's kind of a, a little maddenism, but <laughs> um, I think he's got to have, you know, a flawless game against that defense. And I just don't know if he has it in him. Um, I think he'll still have, you know, maybe mid-teams, but I definitely expect a couple turnovers from him. Um, so I'm looking elsewhere. I don't. I just don't like the matchup. Um, same thing with my running back, um, Shady McCoy. Um, New England is just—they've they, just been impressive. So, you know, I know Rex Ryan doesn't care who's playing quarterback for him and, and who's doing what. You know, he's going to play his game. But I, I just don't like Shady against that defense right now. Uh, I think they're they're really helping the cause for that team to win. Oh, of course. Um, and then uh, my receiver, I'm going with uh, with Mr. Doug Baldwin. Um, it, it sounded like Wilson will play this week. You know, he practiced fully this today, but I still just, you know, something's not right with this team right now. And, you know, Baldwin coming off of a pretty big game. Um, but I think that, you know, this might be a game that I'm I'm looking for someone else. Yeah, I thought about Baldwin, on. but every time I every time I seem to pick against him, he blows up. So I'm I'm tired of picking yeah. against him. Um but yeah, no, definitely good ones except for McCoy. I I don't know. I have a feeling McCoy might might do some damage. I kind of like him this week. Um but, yeah, my my Gio yeah. Bernard pick was the one stat that I wanted to was that Miami's given up back to back nearly 150 yard games to running backs, closing wow. running backs. So, um, well, I, I mean, Jeremy Jeremy slide, could have slide him in my lineup this week. Yeah, he almost had a uh, 100 yards last week and two touchdowns on only 17 carries. So, and that was against Denver. Um, so Jeremy Hill could have a good game too, but I think they might make it, you know, a two-headed, uh, two-headed backfield again, and, and you know Bernard could definitely get some solid action in the passing game out of the backfield. Yeah, all, uh, all the, all nice picks there. I like them all. So. With that, we will close out the show, running a little long, so we'll pass on the Twitter questions, and uh, so especially since we had the the caller call in, so that was all good. So anyway, um, that's all I've got for the week. Uh, good luck in week four, and we will see you all same time next week. All right. Have a good one.